You are listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm in your web browser to find more dope-ass podcasts like this. Now on to the show. Hey gang, and welcome back to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. This is Kevin coming to you live from a noisy cafe in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if this is a little too noisy, I'm sorry, it'll be over soon. And then you'll have to contend with the fact that the quality of the next recording was at a live event I did earlier this year with my friend Christian A. Smith. And if you don't know who that is, he is the bishop of TikTok. He is the pastor of cool. And it's not just enough to call him a clothier or a pastor or a stylist or a theologian or a podcaster or a consultant or a speaker or a spiritual director or a leader because he does all of these things. And he also kind of like doesn't do these things. He's calls himself a cultural curator and I would say period and he helps his clients and his congregants develop how they see themselves inside and out and how to see he understands that God looks at your heart and humans look at your outer appearance and his mission is to help you maximize both he is just somebody who I respect dearly and you'll also find out during this conversation how a certain book that somebody wrote inspired a certain tattoo that somebody got so, um, I mean, and on the, on the practical level, um, Christian A. Smith is like the leader of the Holy Smokes movement and podcast. He also is the pastor of the faith community, which meets online and here locally in Atlanta, Georgia, once a month. Truly just an incredible human. He's also somebody who has incredible integrity. He's somebody I looked at just like, I trust him. Like, when I think about people who still call themselves pastors, he is one of the good ones, TM. Truly, truly a blessing, and I think you'll love this conversation. Um, Yeah, Christian's so cool. You're going to love him. I love him. So get yourself something to drink. Um, Ooh, before we get into the podcast, a couple of announcements. My new book, What Makes You Bloom. It's coming in less than 90 days. It's coming the first week of January. I want you to go pre-order it, save it now, share it. I'm also teaching a workshop in December. I'm going to have more details coming up that... Oh, it's just... It's so good. I'm so excited. Second, I am putting together a tarot workshop that you're not going to want to miss. Especially, you know, it's spooky season. People want to get like a how to do. It's going to be a three hour. It's um, not this weekend, the 14th, but a week later on October 21st. It's going to be on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time till two we'll take some breaks in there but it's going to be like a the boot camp is going to we're going to do readings we're going to do how to like you know read for yourself how to learn and it's also going to come with a free copy of my book called tarot's cool which is the beginner's 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 guide to reading tarot so so also this goes along with the conversation because me and christian talk about how expansive our faith has become you're going to love it i think it's all the things the tarot class last thing uh, I'm going to be at the Q Christian Fellowship Conference both doing a podcast and a live workshop so if you want to come see me in Albuquerque along with Matthias Roberts along with my friend Miles if you don't if you don't y'all know my friend Miles if you don't know my friend Miles Markham you should <laughs> um, but we're all going to be there we'd love to see you there go to qchristianfellowship.org to find out more or I think it's qchristian.org. It's one of the two. But if you Google it, if you Google QCF conference, you'll find it. Cool, 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 tight, tight, tight. All right. With that, girlies, get into it. This is my live conversation from Red Spear Garden in Atlanta, Georgia, with my good Judy Christian A. Smith. And that's also why I wanted to bring my friend Christian tonight, because he's somebody who I believe sees and actively does this kind of shit where we undo stuff together. We undo the bad theology together. So please, if you wouldn't mind welcoming to the stage, the fabulous, the wonderful Christian A. Smith. Hold on. (laughs) You like that sound? (laughs) Um, Y'all forgive me, my allergies are terrible, so. 
the mask is gonna stay on. And that's fine. Um, and we're just gonna sit here because, let me grab that for a minute, so you don't have to. Sorry. No, you're perfect. Um, we knew each other on the internet for, oh, get the shoes, baby, get the shoes. Probably your shoes, though, not my shoes. Um, so, um, hi, welcome to the pod. What's up? It's always fun doing a live podcast in front of people because it's like we are going to have a conversation that you're listening in on. Um, we'll probably do a little Q&A at some point, maybe, if it feels right. Um, I'll probably read something else afterward, but then, uh, you know, we're just here to chill and mingle and mix and be. Um, but Christian Smith, welcome to A Tiny Revolution here at Red Spear Garden. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. This is really cool. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. And it's also my first live show I've ever done in Atlanta, too. So, like... Congratulations. It's, yeah. It's real fun. Yeah. If you want to have a live show at your next event... <laughs> um, so I, I start off pretty much asking everybody the same question. is like, how do you introduce yourself to people right now? Great question. <laughs> like, who's, who's asking? It totally depends on what setting I'm in. It totally depends. So um, let's say in this setting, when all nice people, including that person over there, like, and that person over yes. there, they seem like nice people. So in this setting, I would introduce myself as Christian A. Smith. I lead a digital podcast community called Holy Smoke, Cigars and Spirituality. Ow, ow! Where we deconstruct harmful theology and build beloved community one cigar at a time. Mm. So that's where I start. In a setting like this. In a setting like this. And that's where we should, you know, that's it. I was also, having a conversation earlier today about, like, when I go into spaces and I meet people who ask me what I do or, like, they know I'm a pastor or something. <clears throat> and then, you know how you meet somebody and they find out you're in the theology Oh, you're some kind faith? of faith person. Yeah. And they you're think, religious. oh, well, then you got to. I haven't been to church in forever. <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cuss in front of you. Yes. It's like, yes. girl, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. You should have seen what I was doing earlier. Damn. Exactly. So now, you know, I was telling somebody today from now on when I get in settings like that and people say, well, what's the name of your church? What do you do? I'm saying I help people go down the slippery slope. Would you like to come? <laughs> <laughs> it's So slippery slope meaning like so CNN and then um, thinking for yourself and then yoga. Yeah. And yeah. then just there from there, it's just... And then tarot cards and... And then, oh, yeah, the, you know, um, crystals, getting sage. a massage, a therapy. Yes. And then getting into therapy. That's the, <laughs> that's the then, very bottom of the slippery slope. And then loving yourself is the depths of the basement yeah. of the slippery the, slope. Don't, don't you dare love your damn yourself. No, absolutely not. Because if you did, like... Yeah, how how else would, you know, you we keep you in line if you didn't hate yourself a little bit? Exactly. You know, not a whole lot, but just enough to keep you in line. Just enough. Um, you grew up very much in the church. Yes. And you My question is, okay, when was your when did your shelf break? And what I mean by that is like th those of us who are pulling apart our faith, it's like, all right, I'm going to put this question on my shelf. And okay, so it's like LGBTQ issues, don't want to do it. Put it on the shelf. Women in ministry don't want to deal with it. Put it on the shelf. You know, is you know, is there an afterlife? I don't know. Put it on the shelf. Um, you know, is Jesus the only way? Put it on the shelf. What was your issue when it got to you that is like broke the shelf and you're like, okay, I can't deny that my faith is exploding or falling apart anymore. It was different for me because because. I was your shelf is so strong and it has never broken. No, 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 not at all. I was oblivious. What do you mean? I was oblivious. I, I was privileged in my faith tradition growing up. So I didn't know how shitty my theology was. <laughs> I had no idea. We never, we never knew. I had no idea because, like, I grew up in a black Baptist church. Mm. I am the epitome of privilege in a black Baptist church. It's mm. one of the only places in the country where a black man has real power. Damn. So... Growing up in that space, I was affirmed as a black man. I'm mm. straight. Um, I'm cisgender. Uh, I can sing. Got a little charisma. Oh. <laughs> charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like I didn't know. What, what, what happened for me was when I got around other people outside of my theological echo chamber and started hearing other people's perspectives 
who did not just regurgitate to me what I always believed. So I had to meet people like you <laughs> to say, hey, you ever thought about this? And I was like, oh, well, shit, I never did think about that. <laughs> no, I never did. Never had to. And then, you know, that that time in seminary gave me the opportunity to take my critical thinking skills and apply it to my faith mm. in the same way I apply it to everything else. And when I did that, that's when I realized, oh, this is this is not what I thought it was. No, nothing's lining. Nothing. The math isn't mathing anymore at all. At all. So that was just like the moment where, okay, let's see where this takes me. Because I know there are aspects of what I've been doing that I can no longer do. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to continue to walk down this path, I need to have a way to live it out um, in, in a way that's authentic to me, in a way that honors the lived experiences of the people around me and honors my lived experiences as well. Mm -hmm. And that just took us down this path. Dang. The one of the things I we both work within is like deconstruction spaces and there is a difference for folks who come from white evangelical spaces and then black Baptist or black evangelical spaces. Yeah. And I find that for at least when I talk to a lot of my, my friends of colors, like it's so much easier for y'all to just like kind of like let go a lot of stuff and then like the, the layer of racism that white people have to get through in order to get to their liberation. I wonder if you could speak to just like even being in online spaces, the differences between, <laughs> okay. The differences, you know, you know, between, you know, someone's, you know, a yeah. black experience versus non-black experience. <laughs> so. Which is literally like probably the most difficult thing to ask. Right, Can you describe right. your whole life experience for me real quick? <laughs> so many layers to that, right? The, so there are there are two things that come to mind for me with the difference between how black people generally deconstruct versus people in the white church space generally deconstruct. <clears throat> One is how embodied our spirituality is. Mm. Like our spirituality isn't so much in the doctrine that we can retain and recite, mm -hmm. but it's in what we feel it's right it's in the community that comes together it's expressive it's it's animated it's it's charismatic it's it's ecstatic mm. and we can all most of us I, I try not to use absolute terms most of us can identify that feeling that we get and say that's real yeah like I, all this other stuff mm. i don't know about but that was real the yeah there's a there's a line from A Course in Miracles I love that says, while a universal theology is impossible, a universal experience is not only possible, it is necessary. Yes. And so yes. when we're having those moments, like especially across religious, even outside of Christianity, and I think that's why so many of us are finding expansive spirituality and expansive spiritual practices. It's like, because I recognize that. Yes. Whatever that is, whatever is, animating force, whatever is love, Shakti, spirit, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I know, I know this. It's like, I met Christ when I was like nine years old. I'm just like, I know the feeling. Yeah. And I can trust that. Yes. That's <clears throat> uh, why faith works the way that it does. I, I don't want to get too deep into my relationship with the Bible, but I, I do Never find wisdom in its pages at times. And then I find bullshit in its pages. So Hello. I acknowledge both when I see them. But one of the pieces of wisdom that I really appreciate is that whole concept of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, for. And the evidence of the things evidence, not seen. Right? That's my life first. Yes. Right? <laughs> so that thing that I feel is the substance of what I hope for. Mm. That thing that I feel is the evidence of what I can't see. Mm. And that's where my faith resides. Yes. So as we go through our journeys, it's like, it's a whole lot of stuff I don't want to deal with. But that, mm -hmm. I got to figure out how to stay connected to that. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it all the time. I don't have the words for it, but I know that feeling, right? So mm. that's something that I have, I have seen that is different and culturally Yes. For black and white people. We have a, a multicultural uh, digital community, um, but, you know, it's it's culturally black, like black leadership. I come from the black church. 
a lot of black Pentecostal kids are a mm -hmm. part of our community. But there are white people in the space. And I remember one time we were in a session and, the, and there were black people in the space sharing their, their stories, mm -hmm. talking about feelings they'd had in church and in the community of faith. And one of the white women was, was there. She said, I can't relate to any of this. Yeah. I've never felt any of the stuff you guys are talking about. Mm. I've never even been exposed to this kind of spirituality. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's what kind of holds us. Right. So that, that piece where we embody our spirituality, that's the first thing. The second thing, which won't be as long is, <laughs> uh, when it comes to organizations and institutions, generally speaking, when it's started by white people, it's not labeled as white. It just is. Because, <laughs> because white is the default. Yes. So when white people started deconstructing, Ooh. they didn't call it white deconstruction. Mm -hmm. They just called it deconstruction. So then black people mm -hmm. start coming together and finding out, oh, we're deconstructing too. Let's get connected in these deconstruction spaces. And then we realize, yeah. oh no, this this isn't our experience. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we have a different experience than these other communities. Like, mm -hmm. and we're not taken away from that experience. Yeah. It's just not ours. It's yeah. different. So we realize, oh, we need spaces that focus on our shared experiences. Yes. That our white siblings can't always relate to. Mm -hmm. So we need a space that centers our experiences so mm -hmm. we can talk about it and culturally understand where we're all coming from. Because, you know, black people need to talk to black people about yes. black stuff sometimes without having Ooh. to explain why we saying it the way we saying it. Yes. We need that sometimes. Yes. Um, so that's why we, we decided that we need we need a space where everybody is welcome but our black experiences are centered. Yes. And and that's why- Very womanist. Yeah. Yes, yes. And there are so many uh, womanist mm -hmm. scholars and theologians and thinkers oh. in our community, absolutely. Fine, I'll come, fine. <laughs> fine, <laughs> don't, punk. Don't bully me, Jesus. That was my pitch, you got yeah. I mean, it, so it sounds fabulous, so yeah. yeah. It's, I, and I think that is something what I've loved about your work in overall is like, A, you're not trying to, no offense to Paul, uh, all things to all people. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I become all things. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you compromise yourself? Why would you change your diet for somebody else? That's silly, dude. Yeah. Um, but like, you really like, it's one of those things where because you're centering your, like the experiences you are, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, Though you dig a very deep well, if you will, rather than trying to like, we're going to be do this and we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, which I think so many organizations are trying to be a catch all for the movement rather than saying, no, this is my lane. Yeah. This yeah. is where I know that I shine. Yeah. And you do that incredibly well. I think all of your people do it incredibly well. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I think everybody has a lane. I think there's a need for so many different approaches to this work. And if everybody's trying to do it the same way, people are gonna get left out. So if we all lean into our authenticity and who we are, that's why I love you so much because you lean into who you are. Mm -hmm. And then you reach out to people as you are and then invite them to engage you as they are. And then when there's the connection, it works. Yeah. Right. But if I go out trying to be you, I'm not, that's not gonna work for me. And if you go out trying mm -hmm. to be me, that's not gonna work for you. I do want a shirt but made by you though. So I am. Oh, yeah, trying. we can do that. We, hey. can, we can make that happen. <laughs> trying to get like you in some ways, you know. <laughs> One thing you may not know, I mean y'all all y'all know, but uh Christian is a fashion designer extraordinaire. Making show show the show it off right. a little bit. Show it off show off the work. So show over here this piece. Also take a look over there, the piece over there. Yes. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will be posting pictures to the gram later. Yes, thank you. Yes, so mm -hmm. my clothing company is a family-owned business. It's called P-Squared Custom Clothiers. Um, Clothiers. Yes, yes. And my mother is our master tailor seamstress. Ah, yes. So she made the garment I'm wearing. She made the garment my, my wife is wearing. That's gorge. 
It's gorge. Yeah, we do we do suits and shoes and ties I'm, and pockets. I'm ready to update because also like this is something that we were talking about earlier. How like a lot of your shirts, like as someone who's like gender queer and like loves things that are a little bit more flowy and a little bit like less like this is collared shirt. This is a man shirt. I'm like yeah. I want something that's in between yeah. and like and just sharp and cool and also just the detail is so smart. It's so fun. It's Sorry, I'm stock gassing you up. <laughs> you also um, told me right before you came out, uh, before we started, that your uh, book is now on uh, the audiobook circuit. Wow. Yes. Please tell, please tell the humans about your book. Man, where I, we can get it. How can we? I wrote in my your book. voice. <laughs> yes. 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 So I wrote my book like Love a couple of months after white. you released yours. Mm. The pandemic hit. I was in uh, my doctoral program. I was working towards a doctorate in ministry, and the pandemic hit. I do. I have a clothing business. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody buying clothes in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I gotta like rethink everything. Right. So I said, you know what? I've been wanting to write. I'm gonna take these first couple of months and I'm gonna just write. Mm. And I wrote the book in like three weeks. <laughs> That's how it happens. I was like, how long did it take you to write the book? Either my entire life up to this point or three weeks i don't know exactly (laughs) whichever way you want to look at it right uh so the book is called breaking all the rules and ancient framework for modern faith and it's part memoir part theological treatise so yes i talk about my life experience and how that and how that shaped my worldview and i talk about how my new experience shifted my worldview and how I landed on the greatest commandment as the launching pad and landing point for everything that I do in life. So it's my rule of life. It's my theological framework. It's the core of all of my teaching. And at the foundation of that is the principle of self-love, which is probably the most disruptive aspect of, of my work because Traditionally, our our faith traditions have taught against self-love. Yeah. Which is so wild to me when you think about self-love it. Self-love is selfish. You got to put God first and yes. then other people first and then yourself third. I've never heard Whoa. a positive message J-O-I, on self-love. Jesus, others, you. Yeah. I've never heard a positive message about self-love. <laughs> That's so true. It was just like, why? You know, when I when and when I found it, you know, it was like staring us right in the face. I was like, oh, there it is right there. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Like Jesus is commanding his followers to love their neighbors. And he's using love for self as the standard by which you should measure love for your neighbor. So if he's if he's using love for self as the standard by which you measure it, why would we not teach that? Why would we not develop that? Come on. So Mm. I, I wrote about that. In a, in a book, and today it finally came out on Audible after three years. <laughs> and now y'all ain't got no excuse. Yes, get it on Audible. Breaking all the, the rules, Christian A. Smith. The uh, as you were saying that the there's a passage from um, Bourgeau. What's her name? She wrote the uh, the Wisdom Jesus, Cynthia Bourgeau, and she talks specifically about that particular teaching of to love your neighbor as yourself, where she says like if you re- like Jesus is not just saying to love them as you love yourself, but to love them as an extension of yourself, understanding that when you love them, you are loving yourself, yeah. meaning you cannot love yourself. It's it's one of those things where it's just, ooh, yes. that's when it, it's all connected. Like, and when you go back to the greatest commandment, Jesus said, you know, the greatest commandment is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, everything hinges on these two commandments. The everything. whole law hangs so upon it. If you take one of them away, everything falls apart, right? Mm. Right. So love for God is of equal rank with love for neighbor as self. Because mm. everything because hinges on both of them. The same. Because it's the same thing. The, and they don't teach you that in Sunday school. They don't. When I love me, I'm loving you. When I love me, I'm loving the divine. That's what I. Ooh, that's what I had to tell my mom. I was just like, Mom, the reason I can't come back home all the time is because. Coming home kind of makes me feel like shit, and I don't want to feel like shit around you. I have to love myself enough to do that. And it's like, and if I come home and I'm miserable, and then I'm treating you miserably, that just perpetuates the cycle of violence, and I'm not willing to do that anymore. Yeah, when you don't love yourself, you don't know how to set boundaries. Whew. 
you can't you can't set healthy boundaries when you don't love and honor your own feelings and you don't honor your own desires and your own needs. So you just you allow people, you enable people to take advantage of you when you don't love yourself. And then you just walk around. Sometimes people start taking advantage of others as a result. Yeah. You or you're just yourself. sad and you're just like, I'm wondering why this is going on. It's like, oh. Yeah. And that's what's so lovely about doing, quote unquote, doing our work. Yeah. It's to re- like when you can recognize, it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah, you learned this thing as a way to survive in the world. And also just like, it's not your fault. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't, like based off of your entire life, based off of everything you know, everything that you went through, doesn't it make sense that you probably couldn't have chosen anything else in that moment? Right. And doesn't it make sense now that you know you can do something different? And that's, yeah. everything else for me is kind of a moot point. It's like, it's like, stop, stop, uh, dissecting all the reasons and diagnosing all the reasons as to why it was fucked up and just start getting back to the thing of just like, how am I going to, pardon my French, unfuck this thing? Yeah. How am I going to like take my spirituality back? How am I going to start feeling good in my body now? Because at the end of the day, if I don't figure it out, nobody else can. Yeah. No pastor, no therapist, no ayahuasca trip, no no weed smoke, no, no drink, nothing. I really have to... Uh look up who originated this quote because I say it all the time and I can never remember who it is, but it was, I know it was a a woman theologian who said all theology is autobiographical. Mm. Who? Christina Cleveland. Oh, yes. Yes. Myron the mystic is here. He has all of this type of information in his head. Christina Cleveland, PhD author of God is a black woman. Yes. Friend yes, of the pod. That's it. So that 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 phrase just really resonated with me because our theology is rooted in our lived experiences. What we believe about God is about is is rooted in what we've experienced. So if we've experienced abuse in the name of God, we see God uh, as abusive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we experience love in the name of God, we see God as love. So we have to determine for ourselves, how do we want to see God? But we have to be in touch with what we feel about God. And a lot of times we say we love God when really we fear God. (sighs) That's it. So it's just a lot of unpacking that people have to do in this space. And it Mm. it takes, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Mm. And such, such good work though. It's it's beautiful work. The other thing I'll say, like, you know, I've only been on doing my work for like close to a decade but the realization that you're gonna like i think it's like we're always thinking at least for me i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get to that place where i'm just gonna i understand everything i've you know transcended it all i am the bodhisattva now and i now can bless the universe with all of my love and then it's just and then i go home to see my mama and i'm just (laughs) and so it's recognizing that it's not done because it's never over and you like you didn't come here to get it done you came here to experience the joy of the experience and if you if something's getting in the way of that it's something to pay attention to absolutely mm. i tell people all the time i don't use deconstructed in the past tense or at least i try not to because mm. i'm constantly deconstructing should be i listened to my book today after recording it three years ago and I see how much I've grown and evolved right. since I wrote it. And when I wrote it, it was hella disruptive. And it still is. People mm-hmm. still get it today and they're like, wow, blah, blah, blah. But like I'm listening to it like, oh, yeah, I don't really think like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's only three years later. I'm yeah. constantly rethinking. I'm constantly deconstructing. I'm mm-hmm. constantly decolonizing. I'm constantly learning to love myself because I'm constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And as it should be. Yes, we're constantly evolving. <sighs> Come on, Octavia Butler, God is change. Yes. Everything you touch, yeah. you change. Everything that touches you changes you. Yeah. I, I, uh, in my second book coming out in, in January 2024, pre-sales available soon. Congratulations. Uh, uh, I quote Octavia Butler a few times, mm-hmm. um, especially, specifically from Earthseed, because I think it's like one, some of the most brilliant thoughts about God there is. But she just like, says like, God is change. Yes. And it's just like, 
and if and if I by the transitive property that I am, you know, at a deposit of God, I am also change. I am also changing. Always. I am the process of becoming. Yes. All human time. being. Duh. It's like it's in the name or something. <laughs> um I uh as we're winding down our time together, yes. I always ask all my guests five questions that they're not quite rapid fire, but you can make them it's whatever you want. So um Christian A. Smith, are you ready to play just one thing five times? I'm ready. Let's go. Um, Christian A. Smith, what is one thing you like about yourself? Just one. Just one. Also, what's one thing y'all like about Christian Smith? Yell it out. You know, this is always a hard question, right? Like, because we don't like talking about ourselves. Like yeah, that's this. why we have podcasts, right? right? <laughs> don't. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, hate like, talking I'm, about myself. I'm so for great sure. in all of these ways. Uh, um, um, so you like about yourself, though. You know, it, it might sound cliche. But I don't care because this is what came to my mind. I I like that I care about people. Yeah, you are a sweetie. I like that I care about people. <laughs> <laughs> what is what's one thing that you're proud of? Right. And what's one thing that everyone else is proud of for him? Yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> That's my wife. Gas him up. Listen, <laughs> come on. Uh, I'm proud. <laughs> Pass him the mic. I'm proud of my stress management. Yes. Yeah. I'm under. I'm under constant stress. And that's just a part of my life. Mm. It's not like, you know, it's bad stress all the time. I have a lot of intense emotions in this work. Mm. Yes. And it takes a lot of regulation to navigate that. So I'm proud of how I've been able to do that. And I want to shout out my wife because she helps me with that. She's a therapist. And, and she ain't even paying attention this moment either. <laughs> right. She's been, she been yelling the whole time. Now she's not paying attention. She's over here giving you a compliment and everything. <laughs> She's like, I know, I know. What's one thing that still pisses you off or is like a pet peeve? Big or small? Yeah. <laughs> the sigh, yeah. the heavy sigh. Yeah. Um, nothing pains me more than black people perpetuating white supremacy. Mm. That that just gets under my skin. I want, I want us. I want better for us. Yeah. I want better for us. So, <laughs> not name names. If, yeah. I was about to say JHP. <laughs> Listen, give, I mean, if we need to take a second to talk about JHP, like we can. Oh God. Jacqueline. <laughs> Did I? I never told anybody this, but I actually, I went to Sun in My Belly over in Decatur, a little breakfast spot, and I was two tables over from JHP, and I nearly shit myself because I know that we've seen each other's videos before. <laughs> we didn't say hello. You know, I, uh, I, I generally don't call Jackie Hill Perry's name because she's not my concern. My concern is my she's people. She's not my concern. My concern is my people. And I understand the influence she has on some of my people. Mm. I understand um, the trauma she reinforces for some Ooh, of my people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand the self-hatred she reinforces yep. for some of my people. Yep. So I get really upset when I see somebody who has influence having that impact on my people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. She really, like, I see, mm, we could go on, this is not a Jackie Hill Perry. <laughs> it just happened know. yesterday, though, so it's like, it's all fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and JHP, if you ever want to get brunch sometime, off the record, with me and Christian, we are happy to, um, listen, friends, that's what friends are for. You better sing. Good times. Him bad time. Listen. I'll be by your side through all the more. Cause that's what friends are for. Key change. 
<laughs> you say quiche. Yes. Um, listen, karaoke's on Wednesdays, y'all. So nice. Um, number four. There's. We're gonna get through these questions eventually. Uh, the fourth question: What's something you are very committed to, or regular committed to? <laughs> I'm going to have a third mic next time. I'm going to have a third mic next time. Just audience correspondent. Um, in addition to Pamela. <laughs> All right. In addition. <laughs> I... I am very committed to my peace. Yes. Very committed to my peace. Same here. And I have to be. I have to be. Because you you know what it's like having influence on people and people wanting to pick your brain and Oof. And <laughs> it's it's the it's the brain, not just the I mean the brain picking I don't mind as much because I can just like send them like a link to something so I don't have to unpack everything. But it's Sometimes it's weird, like, it's, uh, for example, I was sitting in a cafe with my boyfriend at the time, and we were just having breakfast, and someone came up and, like, whispered in my ear to get my attention, and I scrimped in oh. the middle of a cafe. What? And I'm just like, Christians, y'all have no boundaries. It's like, oh, I'm a hugging person. I'm just like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> but just, like, it, it's, it's things like that that happen. Very Most people are real chill, but sometimes they're just like, Nobody who raised you? Who yeah. raised you, sweetie? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean So no one it's so twelve year old girls run in the nursery. It, so Another, it, anyways. And you know, you're absolutely right. And I have a similar story with Pamela. Like it stuff happens all the time and it's really interesting because like as everything has sped up mm -hmm. in my life and stuff has been coming at me faster, I had to learn and this is this is about my peace. I had to learn I got to stop trying to keep up and just slow down and let it come to me. Yes. Ooh, that's the secret, baby. Because it's like, it's like, it's happening too fast to mm -hmm. try to keep up with it. So Ooh, I'll, so I'll be overly stressed trying to keep up with everything. So let me just slow down. Yeah. It's just not yeah. worth it. It's like, that thing is going to be done tomorrow. There's like, it's yeah. like, oh, I've got to get done faster. I'm like, that thing, unless someone's going to die. Yeah. Unless there's a financial deadline. And you need the money. You know, be diligent about those things, obviously. Yes. But nothing is worth my peace anymore. Right. Not a damn thing. And even if it's something that's due, and I don't have the money for it, Ooh. I can start all over again. Let me tell you, when I got kicked out of Missionary World and I was living in on an air mattress in a basement apartment that ended here, like this is the, where the roof was, like yeah. it was... Um, I learned, it was like, I had a friend of mine who was just like, do you really think that your money is how much you're worth? It's like, do you really think that just because you can't pay your phone bill today that you're worthless? Yeah. It's like, did you put gas in your car? Do you got food in your fridge? You're all right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because I'm like, they'll get their money. I just don't have it today. Yeah. yeah. Eight years ago, my wife and I had five degrees between the two of us, and we had to move in with my mom because we were homeless eight years ago. Things. You know? Listen, my mom is like, you know, she's still one of my Um, Anyways, the last cue, we have the last one. What is one thing you want to do before you die? I got to go to Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need to go. I need to go to West Africa to see where we got picked up. Mm. Where we got kidnapped. Yes. And just put my feet in that soil. Because I feel a spiritual connection to it, but I want to see if I'll feel that same connection when I'm there. Yeah. I'm sure you will. I imagine um, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Before, uh, tell humans on the recording and on the internet and here where they can find your work on the internet and where they can give you money and buy your book, etc. Yes. So if you want to check out the podcast, Holy Smoke Cigars and Spirituality, go to holysmokesmovement.com. You can join our free Facebook group. You can listen to the podcast. You can join our Patreon community, all of that from holysmokesmovement.com. And then if you want to just learn more about me in general and the work that I do, go to christianasmith.com. So and what if they want the sick threads? So if they want the sick threads, I would say 
still go to christianasmith.com <laughs> and there'll be a link there that'll direct you to P Squared. Because like I got I got a bunch of websites, so I don't want to give people too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's all at christianasmith.com. Hey, I uh Yes, Christian with a K. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. All the links will be in the show notes yes, as well. In, in the show notes. Um Christian, I adore you. Thanks for doing this with me. This Thank was you. so hella fun. Yes, yes. The feeling is mutual. Woo woo! Everyone, please give it up for the fabulous Christian A. Smith. Um, that we have not quite concluded. I have one more thing. I want to. So, like, um, th- first of all, this is fun. This is really, really fun. Um, I wanted to read y'all something from my new book that kind of just. Make, lights me up and makes me so happy and I think um, I think it would be a nice way to close out what we're doing here tonight but first I gotta pull it up and then I gotta scroll all the way to the very back of it because it's the very last paragraph of the book but it's so worth it <clears throat> so where the first book my first book Bad Theology Kills Bad Theology Kills um, is about how to Pull Apart Everything, the second book, which is called What Makes You Bloom, subtitle Cultivating a Practice for Connecting with Your Divine Self, is about what we do afterward. And um, the very last part of this book kind of sums up everything and also has probably one of the best lines I've ever written. So this section is uh, entitled An Alternative Lifestyle. <laughs> which if you, if you know, you know. <laughs> to taste the fruit of love, there is nothing you need to do, but everything that you need to be. Like everything else, and it's, it is an experience you have to, ex, uh, excuse me, it is an experience you have due to a process. If you spent time in your spiritual practices, your self-control has likely increased because you understand that self-control is not a matter of deprivation, but of gentleness and ease. The feeling that you've created is a result of faithfulness to practices. And as you are compassionate and gentle with yourself, it is easy to be generous with every single person. If you're generous, you can't help but exhibit kindness. And kind folks are nearly always patient because they are having an experience of peace. They revel in the joy of life and they stay rooted in love. I shared at the beginning of this journey that just as uh, that this whole thing is just as much mysticism as it is mathematics. And I'll also remind you of this. While a bad theology will kill you, a good theology will not save you. Meaning it's not enough for you just to believe the right things. If you want to feel better, beloved, you must shift your lifestyle. And I dare say by picking up this book, by being here tonight at this podcast recording, you are trying to live an alternative lifestyle. A lifestyle that's not based in the capitalistic need to own and produce, but rather whose hallmark is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'd also dare to say that pursuing this path is way easier than pursuing much of what Western society seems to value. It may seem like you're incapable of breaking out of the patterns you've been in for so long, but remember this, it's not difficult. It is just different. And making that change of mind is essential in allowing these new ideas to take root within you. Nothing about these processes is hard to grasp. It is opposed to the way you've been living for so long, and when you begin to get aligned with love, you'll stop tolerating living small. You'll start creating boundaries. And when you start to get your needs met, those who have known you only as a doormat before, only those who try to treat you as they did before will be annoyed. (laughs) And you will notice that you have a lower tolerance for the things that are less than loving. You will not tolerate anything less than peace. The motivation for all of this is that you want to feel good, that you want to feel centered, that you want to feel like you are God's wonder fully made. Because when you are at the center of that, you will probably feel your best. And that's it. We're not trying to transcend anything. We're not trying to escape the body or this world. We are attempting to love ourselves, our bodies, our communities entirely as part of oneself. And that is an easier way than loathing myself, I'd say. 
So as we close our time tonight, as we finish this thing, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I want you to know something. I love you. I love you so much and you don't need to be perfect at anything. You don't need to master shit. You're enough. You are good. You are lovely and powerful and able. You are self-controlled. You are gentle. You are faithful and generous. You are kind. You are peace. You are joy. and You are love. I pray that you begin your practice small and mighty and that you devote yourself to peace, your healing, and to the people who make you bloom and to a lifestyle that grows you in faith into something so abundant that others may eat from what you grow. And if you take nothing else from this, if you take nothing else from this offering, please tattoo this one thing on your heart. That you are God's wonder, fully made. And you do not have to believe that, but I think you would be indescribably happy if you did. So, with that, friends, I want to say thank you for coming out to the live show of A Tiny Revolution. Thank you to Christian A. Smith for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Um, I have some merch available up here. I have my book, Bad Theology Kills. I have some old tank tops from last summer. They're all XL, and there's one 2XL in there. They say, damn proud. They're, like, real cheap. I've also got some, if you're getting into tarot, I have a tarot guidebook and journal. You can grab that. Um, all of my Venmo Cash App PayPal is up here. I'm not going to police you. If you steal from me, wow. <laughs> um, and if you uh, won a free book, just come grab it and tell me you grabbed it. Um, and Oh, yeah, and my book is on Audible. And oh, sure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the one and all... <laughs> I just want, as somebody who specializes in religious trauma and gay affirmative therapy, I just thank the divine that you are alive. There is something about the urgency to die and it doesn't work out. It means that there is a purpose and I am so glad that it didn't work out. I'm so glad that you're alive. I'm so glad for your book. I'm so glad for your insight. I'm so glad for your heart. I'm so glad for your platform. Like, this is amazing. And when you were talking about what you were going through and what you had been in as an, as an ex-person who felt like at 14 you had to give that away, I'm so glad you are alive. That's all I could think the whole time you were talking. I'm so glad you're alive. Like, because that gives me somebody to refer my clients to. It gives me somebody to say, hey, he did this. He has a platform. He did this. He's alive. Those two attempts, I'm so, I'm so glad you're alive. And that's all I wanted to say, because like, this wouldn't happen. There would be no book, there would be no t-shirts. There would be no like life-giving word if you weren't alive. And I'm so glad that you're alive. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you so like, much. Yes, I'm so glad, oh my, oh my gosh. Thank you. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Thank you, oh my I received gosh. that. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And if, <laughs> um, I so appreciate each and every one of you coming out and hanging out with me and Christian. Um, this has been fun. Please follow me on the internet at the Kevin Garcia. Again, the podcast is a tiny revolution. And until next time, everybody, take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious, hydrate, and uh, make sure that you, uh, yeah, I love y'all. Good night, everyone. Boop, boop, boop. My conversation with Christian Smith. If you want to follow him, you can go to ChristianASmith.com. Follow him across the internet at the Christian Smith. 
And if you want to get his book, Breaking All the Rules, that's available wherever fine books are sold and on this website. Honestly, go there. That's the best place to do it. Christian, sorry it took me so long to get this shit out. I've been apologizing to everybody. The depression really got me this year, girl. So everything's coming out late. Anyways, I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Once again, shout out to my friends on Patreon for being those amazing monthly supporters. If you want to support the show for as little as seven bucks a month, you get some really, really cool swag quarterly. You also get the first look at some discounts and stuff. And I'm also ramping up some of these online community spaces. So if you want it, if you want it, if like you want some discounts on workshops, if you want some discounts on merch, like my girl. That's the place to go. Go to patreon.com slash Garcia to join up there. We also have a dope-ass Discord channel. Have I mentioned that? The people, the people there are genuinely gold. So if you're trying to find community outside of the shitty spaces that you've been a part of in the past, then you need to go check out our... Check it out. Crowded Table on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Garcia. Um, I've got sweaters available on my site. We've got... Have you seen me wearing the Sinfluencer sweater? That's available now. It's at thekevingarcia.com. Just click on the button that says merch. Um, I'm also available for individual consultations, coaching, reading. So if you've been out there trying to figure out how to get your spiritual shit together and you're wondering, maybe you should set up a call with me. It's absolutely free and we can talk about exactly what you need. I'm taking about five more clients this fall. So if that sounds like you and you want some one-on-one help getting from spiritually stuck to spiritually liberated, you know, maybe I'm your guide. Set up a call. It's all at thekevingarcia.com. Um, go pre-order the book. See you at QCF. Yada, yada, yada. I love you. I hope you're having a fabulous weekend. Until next time, everybody. Take your meds. Call your person. Shake your ass a little bit. Eat something delicious. Um, look at yourself in the mirror naked. Tell yourself that you love yourself. And um, that's it. Bye. Bye.